It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Monday check-in. I'm Damon Jensen-Heitman, one of the pastors, First Presbyterian Church, Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor of First Presbyterian Church, Hastings, Nebraska, on this uh, day between the celebration of Ascension and the celebration of Pentecost, which I think would have been some of the saddest days for the disciples. Right, Jesus has promised them the gift of the Holy Spirit will be coming, and he ascends and disappears from them. Mm-hmm. And then there's actually Until. this nine or ten day gap between the ascension and the Pen- and, and Pentecost. And may I don't know if I don't know if sad is the word that I would choose. It's would be, it's an interesting emotional state. Disorienting to be in potentially. It's not the first time Jesus that has Jesus, left them. Right. Right. He was gone for three days, and then he was back for forty days, and now he's gone again and with this, a promise. This time, more seemingly by his choice. Yeah. Than at his crucifixion. Right. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah, I could see it being a. Perhaps anxious, anxious time. Uh, I mean, okay, go back to Jerusalem and wait and pray, mm-hmm. and then the Holy Spirit will come to you. Right, right, and then you'll, you know, um, so I could see it being an anxious sort of a time. In my mind, I'm thinking of the time in between. Um, when a potentially when a person graduates college mm-hmm. and like before the next thing starts, whether it's a job or grad school or whatever, right. yeah, you know, or maybe while you're still waiting to hear, right? You know, maybe you're interviewing places, maybe you are. I think that's more apt. I think it's it's not like a graduation from college and know that your first day is two weeks later and that because then then you know right. what you're going to. Mm-hmm. But even but then, it, you would have the sadness of leaving a place and a group of friends or whatever. But you got to add on the not really knowing what's coming. I mean, right. you have a sense of what's coming. So this is, we call it liminal space, right? But we never, ever preach about this time. Mm-mm. Maybe I will next year because technically Ascension, Sun, Ascension falls on a Thursday. And so the Sunday after Ascension before Pentecost would be the time to preach about that liminal space of living in that unknown, disorienting, discomforting space that the disciples are living in. Yeah. It's the now and not yet, right? Right. And I could, like, that could be an anxiety-inducing sort of a time. It could also be a, yeah, I'm ready for this. I'm, I'm hopeful about what's coming next. I'm confident that something good is coming. I don't, it hasn't been long enough in terms of time yet that I am starting to doubt. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, the, the path that I have chosen or feel as though I'm on or whatever the case 
Maybe. Yeah, but I could see different people reacting differently to it. Thinking about the behavior of the disciples in the post-resurrection appearances, like Jesus has to keep reminding them, despite the fact that he keeps showing up in the flesh, like even the final post-resurrection appearance in John, like Peter and the disciples are like, it's all over. We're going back to what we know, which is fishing. Sure. Peter's like, I'm going out fishing because mm-hmm. that's all I got left. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus shows up again to him, like, remember? Sure, but at some point in time, they do learn these lessons. Do they? Well, they start wandering around all over the world and preaching it. After Pentecost, though, right? Yeah. Right. I'm thinking specifically these nine or ten days that fall between Ascension and Pentecost. I just, I think those had to be almost... As hard, if not harder, than the three days that Jesus was in the tomb. Hmm. Yeah, I, it certainly could be. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking like Peter because I often, I often relate to Peter. Uh, Peter's what I like to call his Labrador retriever-like, retriever-like enthusiasm, mm-hmm. followed by his sort of fear and pulling back. And I'm just thinking, Peter all of a sudden gets excited because Jesus is back, but then Jesus is not back, and there's this promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit. But he, if I were Peter, I'll speak for myself, I would turn sort of inward like, oh, what's next? Mm-hmm. I, know, I know he's promised something, but we're not mm-hmm. clear what that is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, I think, part of, and this is something that you touched on on Sunday during the sermon, Part of the importance of the community. Yes. All right. They don't go. They go back together. Together, and they're in the upper room, and they're praying together, yeah. waiting for this mm-hmm. event. They have each other at least. Yeah, and that makes a difference. That's fair. That good point. Hey, I said something wise on Sunday that stuck with you, and you repeated it back to me. <laughs> I'm going to call that a win. <laughs> and none of this is what we're going to be talking. About. Well, point. This is going to be talked about on Sunday. We don't think. Maybe. We don't know. It's a mystery. It's like the mystery. <laughs> yeah. Of those. Uh, those days are, this is what many would talk about. Those are now and not yet days. Yeah. Liminal, liminal space right. days. All, all mm-hmm. these fun, lang- fun language we use. Yeah. Uh, so Monday check-in, for those who don't know. We, ta- it's, we take a little look at the scripture, themes, ideas, questions that are going to be brandied about on the upcoming Sunday at First Press Hastings. We do a little mini Bible study, and then following that, we switch gears, and we talk a little bit about the life of the church at First Press and what's going on. And we're going to get into that right after the opening prayer, which... Is it my turn? I have no idea. I'll do it. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's pray. Gracious God, we, we thank you for the questions, uh, for piquing our interests and enlivening our minds and uh, hopefully also engaging our hearts with these questions that come up as we read your Holy Scripture and as, as we go through the liturgical year and read the familiar stories that come up year after year, we thank you that there's still questions that come up for us, still Um, ideas that we have, new ideas or ideas that perhaps are recycled, but we shed new light on. 
And so this morning, God, we ask that you bless our conversation. Move your spirit among us, a spirit of wisdom and discernment, a spirit of joy and hope, and a spirit of love. Uh, May your spirit of love just wash over us and help us to see this through the lens of your love for us and our call to love one another well. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this upcoming Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. Uh, I have two scripture readings. One is the scripture reading that everybody thinks of. Well, maybe not everybody. Most folks probably, most likely, might think of uh, when it comes to Pentecost. And the other is from the Gospel of John. (laughs) So they're both in the recommended readings, according to the lectionary. And it's for that day. The John is about Jesus passing the Holy Spirit on to the disciples, just not in the act of Pentecost and the story that we're as familiar with with Pentecost. So it's two stories about Jesus passing the Holy Spirit on to the disciples, just in two different ways. Yes. Yeah. So it, yeah. It's just when we think of Pentecost, are we thinking of. So Pentecost is, was a pre existing holiday. Yes, right. and the very name of it is it's the 50 days after Easter. Penta uh, is the, the 50 days following Easter. Well, my understanding is that it was like a, it was it was originally a holiday that would have been like 50 days following harvest. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh. And so that's why they're all gathered together for Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all gathered together in one place. Right. Because they like they were they were gathered together for Labor Day. Okay. And then this new thing happened on Labor Day. Aha. Uh-huh. They give it this new meaning for us. There we go. Right. Um. <laughs> so, the John story is a gift is a spirit story. A gifting of the Holy Spirit. Without being a Pentecost story. Without being in that occurring way. on the pen. The day of Pentecost. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Okay, Gospel of John, chapter 20, 19 through 23. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met uh, were locked for fear of the Jews, it could also be translated to Judeans or those in the area, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. That's from the Gospel of John. Uh, And then from the second chapter of Acts, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at the sound of the crowd, uh, and at and at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, 
because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's where that one pauses. Greg, what do you got? Ah, so much to unpack there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which part would you like to start with? <laughs> um gosh I mean I always love Peter getting up and defending that they're not drunk mm-hmm. that's it, always kind of a fun humorous anecdote it's a fun little flavor text indeed mm-hmm. to add in there I also, some personality yeah I also love the listing of all of the nationalities and ethnicities that were there mm-hmm. um I just think it's it's the way those words all stick out and blend together and the fact that they all be hearing things in their own languages, this cacophony of all these different dialects that are making sense to people. What a joy that would be mm-hmm. to be able to communicate with people across language and cultural and ethnic barriers in that way. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, so we, the last few weeks have been studying Acts. Um, On and off, yep. And um, in the, and the ending of the Gospel of Luke, yep. right? Um, and this very much ties in with what we have, you know, we, we were studying the ascension mm-hmm. of Jesus, right? And the ascension, the commandment is to take the word um, to the ends of the, to all the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth. Every end of the earth that you can find. Yep. Uh, take, take it there. And this very much ties in with that. Right. Right. Because of notion. Right? Yeah. In the given time in the ancient Near East, this was 
the extent of the world that they mm -hmm. knew, right? Yeah. And you're listing everything that they knew of that existed. And they're all present there in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And uh, and they can hear with clarity what is being said despite the, the different languages and cultures and ethnicities. Yeah. One of the things that I like about these stories, perhaps, or these passages, perhaps in contrast to one another, or not necessarily even in contrast, but... Um, the Acts, the story from Acts, this is a very public story. Like, this is very clearly for the benefit of everybody else. Mm -hmm. right? The story from John is almost uncomfortably intimate. Yeah. Right? That... And I, I like the picture that that sort of draws of the spirit is made known uh, both in these sort of large public sorts of things mm -hmm. uh, that we might think about a worship service, a confirmation service, a whatever the case might be, and in these much smaller intimate moments, right, where you can... It, you can almost feel someone's breath. Right. right. That's a very intimate <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um, to, to have happen. And I, I think that it's important to keep that in mind when we think about the Holy Spirit. And, um, and sometimes I think we come to know the Holy Spirit through these large, bombastic sorts of big group experiences mm -hmm. and sometimes we come into contact with the Holy Spirit through much smaller intimate yeah yeah and situations I like that yeah and the different facets of the Holy Spirit right not mm -hmm. just the the setting and situation but also like in the John the whole the presence of the Holy Spirit is a very peace-filled presence a yeah. very peace-giving presence yeah. right you can yeah. imagine the room just calming down as they recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit that Jesus has breathed on them. Mm -hmm. And the acts is chaotic and exciting and boisterous and right. You've got rushing wind. You've got little flames parked over people's heads. People are amazed and astonished. You've got this cacophony of all these languages and voices. That's all, all, you know, and Peter standing up and defending them and then offering a prophecy from Joel, which is a little weird. Um, and so there's just, and both of these are these really beautiful and faithful manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I like that. I like that, yeah, the Spirit can come to us in these small, intimate gathering ways and in these large, chaotic gathering ways and, and everything in between. Um, and I think, and I've said this many times from the pulpit, but I think, Presbyterians, of, of the three persons of the Trinity, I think we struggle the most with the Holy Spirit. It's, it's the, the strangest one for us, the one that we don't, can't really grasp or talk about mm -hmm. with clarity. Right. In part because these are the stories that we have. Right? Right. These are, these are wildly different stories. Right. Um, about the presence and the role and the function of the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit here to offer us peace and assurance? Or is the Holy Spirit here to 
Fire us up. A, yeah, like to drive <laughs> us to some sort of public testimony of, of some sort. And the, the, answer, an, the answer is yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that's... The, the metaphors that we use to describe the Holy Spirit are weird. It's a wind. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, sometimes the wind is really flame. helpful. Sometimes right. it's not very helpful at all. Yeah, and as a transplant to Nebraska, I actually really don't like wind. It gets old. Um, I imagine, I can, when I read about histories of the pioneers coming out here on the prairie and going crazy during windy seasons. Like I, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like I can get into buildings where I can escape from it. But if you were living in a sod house on the prairie, it would drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. You ever read the worst hard time? I have not. It's about the dust bowl mm. and, and just in like the terror of wind. Yeah. Amidst the, there was a lot of other factors in the dust bowl as well, but anyway, um, and like, and Okay, the Holy Spirit is like a dove. Right. Okay. What? <laughs> what does that even? What does that mean? Right. It comes and you know, and it comes down and descends. Descends. And, yeah. And sits on Jesus' shoulder. Okay. Why do I want a dove sitting on my shoulder? I don't know that it ever sits on Jesus' shoulder. I think you <laughs> you added a little bit of a pirate imagery there with a parrot sitting on someone's yeah. shoulder. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna slip over here and grab ah. my favorite uh, description of the Holy Spirit. I know when I teach confirmation of the three aspects of the Trinity, uh-huh. the Holy Spirit is the one that is the trickiest for folks to feel as though they've gotten their heads and their hearts around. Yeah. Um, and to make sense of in some way. That makes it's sense. It's kind of like your conscience, but it's not because it comes from outside of you. Right. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so then, oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's this thing that I can't see or feel or touch. And yet if I'm open to it, it will lead me in God's direction. Whatever that may be. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I went over to the shelf and grabbed uh, the Presbyterian Book of Confessions. And for those of you who are regulars, know that we uh, preached through some of these confessions uh, during the season of Lent. Mm-hmm. And there's one called uh, a brief statement of faith, which um, relative to some of these confessions is brief, though relative to the Apostles and Nicene Creed is not as brief. Mm-hmm. Um, but it walks through... Uh, what we believe, and it was the one that was written at the reunion of the Southern and Northern churches, uh, but it has a description of the Holy Spirit that is is my favorite because it speaks to me um, about this strange gift of the Holy Spirit and gives me words to describe the work of the Holy Spirit. So I'm, I'm going to read this. Um, and yeah, so uh, we trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit justifies us by grace through faith, sets us free to accept ourselves and to love God and neighbor, and binds us together with all believers in the one body of Christ, the Church. The same Spirit 
who inspired the prophets and apostles, rules our faith and life in Christ through Scripture, engages us through the word proclaimed, claims us in the waters of baptism, feeds us with the bread of life and the cup of salvation, and calls women and men to all ministries of the church. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all peoples to Christ as Lord and Savior, to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear the voices of people long silenced, and to work with others for justice, freedom, and peace. I just love that description of the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, And that's one that I can relate to, and and I think I can help other people uh, with... uh, It's been helpful language for me when I've been talking with folks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it provides lots of hooks. Right, including some that are very intimate Mm -hmm. and some that are very public, uh, like the contrast of these two scriptures, including some that are chaotic or, uh, you know, and some that are, are peace-giving. Um, it pushes us out of our comfort zones, but also comforts us, right? And that, that is a weird contrast, but yeah. that is the work of mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. 